Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Welcome to another episode of the Sermon B-Side Podcast. Good to have you with us today. Uh, My name is Matt Luloyan. Uh, I serve as one of the pastors here at Liberty Church. Uh, and joining me today, making his podcast in general and Sermon B-Side podcast debut, is Mike Sheff. Mike, welcome to the B-Side podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Mike <laughs> is a, an elder with us at, uh, at Liberty Church uh, and also uh, served as an associate pastor for over 30 years. Uh, retired a couple years back and um, found his way to Liberty, and he and Barb uh, have just been a a real gift to our church family in um, the way they've gotten to know people, the way they've jumped in to lead various things, just the the wealth of of life experience and ministry experience that that you guys have brought. So uh, thanks for being you, and thanks for being part of our church, and thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's uh, exciting what God's doing in people's lives here at Liberty, and yeah, just enjoying, uh, just seeing, hearing the word of God week by week and hmm. seeing people come and worship and it's been yeah. a real blessing to our lives and a real good transition for us from our previous ministry life. And yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, Mike, were in, um, Acts 19 yesterday, um, talking about opposition <clears throat> and opportunity um, continue to talk maybe even more big picture about this idea of, you know, a culture of, of mission. What does it look like as Paul is continuing on these, uh, these missionary journeys? He's now on his third missionary journey. Um, I guess, you know, Mike, you were able to be here yesterday, uh, and hear, hear the Acts 19 sermon. If you were going into a, uh, to a Bible study and leading a Bible study this week, any particular place that your mind, your heart gravitate where you'd really want to, you know, unpack more Acts 19 and what we've been studying with a, with a group of, of folks in a Bible study setting. Well, I think one of the things like that you brought out early on in the sermon was the whole thing of uh, baptism hmm. and uh, having the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, those that had received John's baptism, but they, they really didn't. Uh, they were living in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They were really Old Testament saints. Mm-hmm. I believe you quoted John Stott. I do. I do like to quote my. I do like to quote John Stott. He's yeah. a regular. He's a regular quotable. Quotable yes. name for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, just the idea that uh, they came to know Jesus truly, and then they hmm. were baptized in His name. Hmm. And I think it. Um, I think it'd be worth discuss discussing that that there are a lot of folks that. That just uh, feel it because they. Um, they heard about Jesus at some point in their life, or they attended church at some time when they were young. Yeah, and uh, they quote were they quote were always in, brought up in a Christian home. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, but as far as their relationship with the Lord and having having the Holy Spirit resident, you know, in them hmm. by true faith in Jesus, I think that's a <clears throat> be a, a good thing to unpack and yeah, and you know, talk more about. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's that been like for you in, in, uh, in you know, your years of, of whether it's, you know, part of your vocational ministry or just part of, you know, living your life? Um, 
how do you kind of walk that line of, you know, wanting to be gracious and not wanting to kind of come across, you know, it's, it can be a volatile thing to kind of essentially um, suggest yeah. to someone that what they actually say they are, they are not, mm-hmm. you know, that they actually might not be the Christian <clears throat> that they're, that they think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, have you, how have you found helpful ways to kind of get in there and ask, you know, kind of the curious and telling questions without it kind of mm-hmm. feeling judgmental or like yeah. the person's immediately on their heels and being defensive about something? I think, uh, I'm glad you asked that. I think a good way to uh, navigate that is by telling your own story. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, if you can, if you have a story about that type of thing in your own life, which I do, hmm. um, you know, I went to church as a child. I went to vacation Bible schools. I heard about Jesus. Yeah. And if someone would have asked me along the path of uh, those 26 years yeah. before I actually came to know the Lord, if they would have asked me, you know, are you a Christian? I would have said yes. Hmm. And matter of fact, when I went to the hospital um, several times as a young man, um, I had yellow jaundice at one time. And hmm. I actually put on, you know, they ask you at the hospital what what your faith is. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you still do that or not. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I put down Christian because yeah. I went to a Christian church and so forth. So all those years until I was 26, when I really heard the gospel, hmm. uh, I didn't have a relationship with Christ. Yeah. So so I have used that many times. And I think a person can, can uh, like you said, be curious and uh, say, you know, well, people, a lot of people um, make an association with Christianity, but they really don't have the Lord in their, in their heart. Right. You know? Right. And, um, so I, I would just query them about that in a gentle, loving way hmm. and even say, you know, I'm not being, I'm not judging you. I don't know your heart. I don't know what's in your heart. Yeah. But the, but I'm concerned about what's in your heart. Yeah. I care about you. And yeah. it's important that you know, for sure. Yeah. That you really do have your faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. Yeah. You know, and so forth. It's good. And just, uh, yeah, like I said, never be uh, judgmental with a person. But yeah, yeah, and I think when the Lord is leading, like we were talking about open doors, you know, when the Lord is leading you to talk to someone and He's brought you into a relationship with someone, uh, I think you can sense that that they're open. Yeah, they trust you enough by now that you, you know, because of your relationship, that you're not judging them. Yeah, you know, that yeah. you do care about them. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, you can take it from there. That's good. Ask them deeper questions. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, um, you know, I think it's interesting where, where we live in central Pennsylvania, we have an interesting, and like many places, a mix culturally speaking where there's, um, I think overall, yeah, all the time. And overall in, in our, in our nation, you know, we're increasingly a post-Christian culture, with that comes the, 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 you know, the death of nominalism, uh, mm-hmm. as it's been referred to, where um, kind of cultural Christianity is increasingly on the on the out because, mm-hmm. they're, you know, the what would ever have been uh, perceived as a cultural pressure to say, I believe these things is kind of disappearing. Like unless, is. unless you really believe it, there's not really a reason to feel like you need to. Mm-hmm. Now, within subsets and especially, um, you know, this is a generalization, but maybe in the more rural areas, um, places where, uh, you know, the Bible Belt, for example, in our country, and central Pennsylvania has some of those pockets and feel as well. 
there would be a little bit more of a cultural Christianity, a nominal kind of Christianity. Mm-hmm. But certainly, um, you know, that's a thing that we'll that we'll experience. Um, I mm-hmm. think the people of Liberty Church, where you you'll meet a lot of people who have a church home, who mm-hmm. in one way or another identify as a mm-hmm. as a Christian. Right. And um, yeah, it is it is it's it can feel difficult. I, I think what you're what you said there a second ago was really helpful, Mike. That you know people really can perceive quickly the difference between you being curious uh, and you being judgmental. Right. And so that, you know, if you're able to just ask the Holy Spirit to give you a, um, a love for people that expresses itself in curiosity and care as opposed right. to, you know, I'm out here looking for the, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm out here kind of looking for the accusation of like, okay, where are you off so that I can correct you? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On a practical level, I've, I found it helpful. Uh, we actually do this some, um, it's come up even occasionally as people have visited Liberty Church and we've gotten into conversations that way or out in the community where um, I found it helpful to ask another person to imagine themselves in a situation where one of their friends uh, was unfamiliar with Christianity. And I would say, so for example, if I was talking to you about it, Mike, mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm glad you're part of that church. And it's, it's exciting to hear that you also are a Christian and consider yourself a Christian. Um, how would you explain like, what Christianity is and what Christian Christians believe if one of mm-hmm. your friends who like wasn't asked a Christian you. asked you mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know, but like something about like they just, it feels different Putting them in that position by bringing in this third party to mm-hmm. that conversation good, yeah. as opposed to going, Mike, what do Christians believe right. where it just oh, feels that, like a direct puts you on the spot, put it, them on the spot. Yeah, it, it can, I guess it, it can, I, it's not a hundred percent, you know, it's yeah. not a, it's not a silver bullet to make all conversations go great, no. but it seems That's, like it's a good thought. It yeah. maybe opens up a little bit more, um, yeah. Dialogue where yeah. like it, it would, I think they feel less pressure by like, Hype, this hypothetical other person is now in the room, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, with us. And, um, and all of a sudden it kind of takes a little bit of that pressure off of like, I'm not, um, giving you the inquisition. I'm, you know, right. I'm, uh, I'm more just kind of trying to find out how you would articulate. And clearly in that, I'll hopefully and almost always have a way to ask follow up questions or even then share, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hey, I appreciate that that's how you shared it. I would it be, would it be all right if I kind of, shared with you how I think about it and how yeah. I've, how I would, what I would, what I would say to a friend. Or, yeah. yeah. So I, I, that, that's come up before sometimes even with my Bible study group and we've talked about things like this and that's, mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. something that's, that's kind of a practical help that, that we found there. Yeah. I think, you know, we used to say a lot, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's good. And I think when the people around us, speaking to the average person, maybe that, that comes to Liberty here and they, mm-hmm. they work out in the workplace, a secular workplace. Yeah. And I did for many years. And, uh, and I think when you, there's a difference, you know, there can be a work environment that is hostile. I mean, just everything's hostile. Everybody's sure. angry about their job or hmm. they're fighting for positions and there's, yeah. there's tension. Yeah. But in the midst of that, if we can, um, exemplify, you know, the fruits of the spirit, Hmm. love and joy peace in our own life and mm-hmm. not be a part of that and, and walk with jesus in the midst of that turmoil and yeah. and, and show that we're we have something different yeah and at the same time when we can enter into our co-workers lives um, show care yeah show love for them hmm. and they're everybody's got struggles mm-hmm. and listen to them yeah 
And I found that, you know, when I worked at New Cumberland Army Depot, before I, before I was in ministry, hmm. I worked there for 12 years. Uh, I would take my Bible or I would take books that I was studying. Yeah. Um, and at lunchtime, break times, I would read. Yeah. I had a life application Bible, a nice thick yeah. life application oh, Bible, yeah. and I'd write in it, you know, and yeah. underline things. And I was I was hungry for the Word of God, and I was just growing. And I always took it in my book bag along hmm. with my lunch. And, um, you know, over time, guys would come up to me, guys that were hostile, guys that were hmm. kind of, uh, and they called me Minister Mike. <laughs> it was prophetic. They were just, they yeah. were just, you know, they were, right. they were predicting your future. Yeah, they were looking, looking out ahead. <laughs> Little did I know. That's right. What that would get me into. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, yeah, they were hostile huh. in a way, you mm-hmm. know, and they, they acted like they didn't want to hear about it, you know, and everything. And yeah. There were these jokes and so forth, and I just keep on plugging away, you know. But hmm. in time, over time, yeah, um, I had conversations with some of them. Actually, had one young man go with me to church to a revival meeting hmm. and hear the gospel. Yeah, and he made a profession of faith that night, and uh, some folks took him aside and counseled with him, and he was hmm. really, you know, had a lot of issues in his life, and. And so, yeah, God allowed me to get involved in their life in a gospel way hmm. because of that. Yeah. But it took time. Yeah. And it took just being what God wanted me to be, trying to be anyway. Yeah. And it was different than what was going on around me. Truck drivers would come in. We would unload freight. And uh, truck drivers come up to my desk, you know, and say, what are you reading? Huh. So I just read my Bible here, you know, break time or reading this book and and I would get John MacArthur's study bot, study notes, and I would oh, yeah. read okay. those, yep. you know, yep. back in the day. Yep. And, and uh, that would lead to conversations with them about, you know, yeah. their faith and so forth. Yeah. So I think as, you know, in thinking about opportunities, I think God brings them to us if we're just faithful hmm. uh, to Him. And, yeah. And uh, because deep down inside, people are looking and searching, yeah. you know, for the answers yeah. to life. Yeah. They're empty. They're empty. Maybe. And uh, they put their trust in many other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we find here in Acts chapter 19, you know, the, the money that they were making off of, you know. Yeah. Like the, all the people that brought their magic arts yeah, books to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, the people are looking for something to, to fill what, what is so such, such an emptiness of. Yeah. Yeah. So. I appreciate how you, you know, um, it's, it's encouraging to hear too. Um, because most of most of the folks in our church don't work in vocational ministry, and so you're you're exactly. going back to you know the time when that was true for you as well. Um, when we were just talking a little bit before we hit record, um, you'd referenced this really great article that the Gospel Coalition put out uh, a week or so ago by Heather Holloman. Holloman, I don't mm-hmm. know how you say her last name there. Mm-hmm. Um, called what I. What I wish I, or what I had wrong about evangelism. Yeah. What I had wrong about evangelism. Mm-hmm. And her main point in there is that, you know, evangelism is so much a, a more about identity than it is about the specific methods or means of approach. Mm-hmm. So exactly. as you were even sharing your, your, um, your experience there from the army depot, the, uh, that whole idea of, you know, you're just, you know, you were, you were reading in front of people, not as like this, um, it was more just out of the extension of who you are. You're hungry, like you said. You're hungry for the word. You were just trying to be faithful and present mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and authentic into to what who yeah. you actually are, what God was actually doing in your life. Yeah. 
Um, and so the opportunities flowed so naturally out of this idea of, you, you know, the identity that you're a sent person uh, and, you, and you live a sent life, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. um, which uh, which does, I think, you know, provide opportunities that if we just are focused on, you know, the, the, the specifics of the, the approach or the means or the tools or whatever else it might be, we miss so much of um, living out of the identity of who, who God's actually called us yeah, to be. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true. Yeah, when we're living, when we see ourselves as sent ones, um, you know, not a, a career missionary, you know, called to go or uh, to a foreign field, but we're all ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. I, I love the passage there in Corinthians where it says we're co-workers together with God. Mm, yeah. And um, yeah, talks about rec- you know that we're reconciled and we're ministers of reconciliation yeah. yep and that wasn't just paul you know he was talking to the corinthians yeah saying you know yeah we have this reconciliation and that makes you a minister of it mm. you're not it's not just for you yeah it's for those around you it's for others and if yeah. we can just grab that and, pr- and pray that into our heart and, and identify with that and pray for, and then the other side of it is praying for people that god brings into our life yeah you know, and as we get to know them and their needs, pray for them specifically and pray for opportunity to talk with them. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. About spiritual things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, God is always working around us. And I was mentioning to you before we went on uh, record about uh, experiencing God hmm. many years ago, Henry Black- Blackaby, yeah. that series. Yep. Uh, with his son there, and um, God used that in a lot of people's lives. But you know, there were seven realities, hmm. and and I think I think this article that this uh, lady wrote it touches on the three main things, and she may have been influenced by hmm. Henry Blackaby. The fact that God God is working to draw people to Himself, hmm. yeah. uh, and He may want to use us at a particular time to talk to somebody about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to put us put ourselves in that position uh, and realizing that we are sent ones. Yeah. And we are called to be an ambassador. Yeah. And that he is with us. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. You know, That's go right. into all the world, preach the gospel. I'm with you always. With you. I'm with you. Mm. And people can sense whether you're genuine, mm-hmm. you know, whether you... Uh, I think they can sense when you're trying to live for the Lord, if you're genuine, they can sense there's something different about you. The mm-hmm. way you respond to things, the way you act at work or whatever. Mm-hmm. The way you handle difficulty. Yeah. The way you handle sickness or illness, challenges, financial issues, your marriage. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you're letting God work in your life through those things, other people can identify with those things. They say, yeah. Man, I got troubles. I got problems too. Yeah. Yeah. Wish, I, wish I could handle them like you, you know. Hmm. Oh, that's what you want them to say, be able to say. Hmm. We don't always live up to that. But hmm. but uh, hmm. but when God gives us that opportunity, <clears throat> I think here's what the crux of the matter is. I think when God puts us in that opportunity and we know that he has opened this door for us or we sense it, mm-hmm. it takes a step of faith hmm. to trust God yeah. to walk through that door. Yeah. And there's the fear faith thing. Yep. You know? Yep. And we can't fear what somebody's, you know, if God's opened that opportunity, then he's going to be with us. And we, we just leave the results to him. Yeah. That's what Paul did here. He left the results to him. If, if there was a riot. Yeah. 
if he had to leave town, he left town, he went somewhere else. Yeah. Well, God's not working here. Yeah. So I got, God says, I got people in this town for you. Yeah. Go over there, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes other disciples, like here, they think out him. They said, don't go into that theater. Yeah. Don't go in there. It's not going to go well for you right <laughs> He's now. He's thankful for those friends. He is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's right. But that's, I mean, yeah. I think that's the fear, the fear of faith thing, you know, hmm. and one of the realities in experiencing God was it takes, it takes uh, a step of faith to uh, believe that God wants to use you yeah. and to walk through that door. Yeah. And yep. uh, I think that's a powerful thing right there. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I, it helps to, along with this piece of like the identity that we have as sent people, I think what really is helpful in in reading through the narrative of what Paul experienced on these journeys, kind of bringing it back full circle with Acts 19, is that it, it calibrates our expectations that our whole life is going to entail simultaneously the opportunity and the opposition mm-hmm. that there, there's going to be all the time in different specific ways, you know, wide doors for effective work and many adversaries and how, um, I think that, that I, you know, I can so often get hung up with wanting to do each and every conversation so well. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's a part of that heart that's good. I, I really want to, uh, do the hard work, you know, um, to uh, of ministry and of uh, of helping meet people where they're at and and actually be loving and caring and demonstrate those that care and and be curious in the conversation and ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. I think I can get so um, hung up on trying to do that exactly the, the right details. way, the yeah. details. Mm-hmm. That I forget at times that, well, like... God's in charge here. God's in charge. <laughs> no matter how perfectly I execute this, I have so little control over the response. Mm-hmm. Opposition will always be part of the, part of the, the, the you know, the plan, you know, part, right. the part of what I experience. And that mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, when, when Paul talks about being the aroma of Christ mm-hmm. and, and how, oh, good. you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's the aroma of life to life for, mm-hmm. for those who are being saved and, mm-hmm. and for those who are perishing, it's death, the aroma of death. death yeah. And it's like, oh man, that is a, so you, you don't even have control over, Mm-mm. you're just called to go be the aroma. Yeah. You're going to experience opportunity and opposition in that. Mm-hmm. And even then I look back at, um, for example, you know, Jesus himself, I guess can't get a better example than that. <laughs> Jesus himself, you yeah. know, he had all these questions that were placed upon him, tests placed upon him by the Jewish leaders and scribes. Mm-hmm. Where they would ask him a question, he's Jesus. He would answer it perfectly, mm-hmm. and he would amaze them. He would say they, they would be in awe, or they'd be yeah. astonished about this answer. Get such wisdom, and then was he a carpenter's son? Yeah, the, these like they're like, who is this guy? And then, but then instead of going like, wow, we're now convinced by the amazing answer you gave, they just regroup and they come back with another question to test yeah. him. There's like the opposition's there, yeah, and that's Jesus answering it perfectly. So I think the. That, That's good thought. That, that, yeah. It kind of just calibrates my gauge to go, okay, let me work hard and try to do this well. Let me try yeah. to learn good questions to ask and yeah. clear articulations of the truth of the gospel when I'm in those moments to share it. Um, but, man, yeah. I think I think if I learn anything from watching Paul live the, his life in Ephesus for three years, it's no matter, no matter how well you execute or how poorly you execute, you're going to have <laughs> opportunity and you're going to have opposition. Yeah. And we got to leave it in God's hands. It yeah. goes back to his sovereignty again. That's right. Yeah, there was times over the years in ministry where I thought I dotted every I and crossed every T. 
three or four times correctly. Yep. And it just fell flat on the floor, and I thought, well, God wasn't in that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but just... I, I, I said, Lord, I was obedient. I tried to be obedient to what That's you told right. me to do. And it's and it's not that you know it's. Um, I think it's trusting that God is going before us. He is at work to draw people to Himself. Yeah. Even like these twelve disciples that Paul meets initially in Ephesus, He's going before you in all these things. So He, in His own mysterious ways, He is in it. But but you can't. You're the. It does not hinge upon your yeah. execution of like how amazingly you. No, it's the gospel. It is, yeah. and it, and it's only that, and that's a beautiful thing. It alleviates pressure in the big picture, but in the moment, you know, it's mm-hmm. that. Um, as you said, Mike, like just remembering the Great Commission, the, the promise, I am with, I'm you, with you. So let's go. Like yeah. let's go. Be the aroma. Do this. He's with us. It's his. It's 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 him that is the aroma. So yeah. let me just give an honest and accurate testimony to the aroma that is Christ and then yeah. let people respond the way they're going to they're going to respond. Yeah. Jesus told Peter, I'm going to make you to be a fisher of men. From now on you're going to catch men. Yeah. He didn't catch them all. Sure. Nope. He, he never caught all those fish either when nope. he was out there. That's the yeah. I mean, he didn't catch all the men. Yeah. That got, you know, that came into his life that he crossed yeah. paths with, but he caught some. Yeah. He caught the ones that God was choosing for himself. Yeah. And that's the neat thing. That's the awesome thing about this. When God's working in somebody's life and he would choose to use me. Yeah. Or he would choose to use you. Yep. We're nothing. Yep. We're just a, we're just a mouthpiece for him. Yeah. Just take this word and just share it. You know, that's right. If we just keep in mind that he didn't just didn't give us these things just for ourselves. It's a hoard for for ourselves. That's right. Hey, I'll give you a story real quick if we have time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'll go back to the Army Depot again. I was a work leader in an outside storage area, and I'll try to make this, try to cut this down some. I was a work leader in an outside storage area. Our our job was to do inventory and do placarding of Hmm. materials so we knew what we had and so forth. The right stock numbers were on them and everything, and they were in order and everything. And they gave me a crew of temporary men and women that they hired for this job, Hmm. specifically for this job. And so I was new to the job. They were new to the job. They were temporaries, temporary employees. So they were kind of, you know, strange about that. They weren't full employees, full-time employees. But anyway, uh, I I would have to move them from job to job in the outside storage areas Hmm. in a pickup truck, a large crew cab. Yeah. And, uh, there was this one guy named Danny, a guy named John, and uh, John had a religious affiliation. I won't say which one it was, but he was he was firm on that. Okay. And uh, the other guy didn't have much of a, a relationship, you know, with religion or Christianity or church or anything like that. Hmm. Danny. So so Danny was in a band, and Danny had drug some drug problems. Hmm. And, he had some issues with his girlfriend and so forth, and he was depressed a lot of times and so forth. And I had opportunities to share with him. I was I was not in the ministry at that time, and I had different opportunities just to have conversations with him about spiritual things. Yeah. I didn't know how God changed my life. Yeah. I had been involved in drugs. I had been involved in alcohol. Yeah. And I know not everybody has that testimony. Sure. Yeah. But I did, and so so he could identify with that, and. One day it came, uh, one day he didn't show up for work. 
And then another day, the second day, didn't show up for work, and a third day. Hmm. So, um, no, let me back up. Uh, one day at lunchtime, he came to me and he said, uh, he said, you know, you were talking about these things, about spiritual things. He said, I'd really like to know more. And he said, how, how can I know? Huh. If, you know, have the assurance I'm going to go to heaven. Hmm. And so I was able to sit in the pickup truck and sh- share with him from this little New Testament I carried. Hmm. Some verses about being a sinner and how Christ died for our sin. Yeah. And how you can put your faith in him and trust in him. Yeah. And he will forgive you and give you eternal life. And he yeah. prayed with me a sincere prayer as I ever heard. And then about a couple of weeks later, he, he didn't show up for work. Yeah. Didn't show up the second day. Didn't show up the third day. Here he ended up, uh, he was found dead in a parking lot in oh, Middletown. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Right over here on the other side of the river. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't know what the circumstances were, if it was a drug overdose or what happened, but I was able to go to his funeral. I was hmm. able to meet his girlfriend hmm. and uh, told her about him. We had some correspondence through letters at that time. We didn't have phones with, with sure. email. Sure, But um, so... You know, that was an opportunity, a, a workplace opportunity that God gave. He was a hurting young man, hmm. and God gave me that opportunity to kind of speak into his life. Hmm. Then there was John. John was, um, he he didn't want to hear a whole lot about it. And he yeah. was one of these guys to poke fun at me. Yeah. You know, he'd he'd yeah. say, he'd say, yeah, we'd, we'd get in the truck, and we'd be driving around the depot. And all the other men that were on the crew, they were in the truck, too, and some women. And he'd say, from the back of the truck, he'd say, yep, I'm going to purgatory when I die. <laughs> he's instigating, man. He's, he's instigating. like, he's, he's getting you riled up. He's, he's, trying he's to, opposition. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? <laughs> okay. And uh, so anyway, and that went on and on. It happened in lunchrooms. Different huh. things like that happened huh. in the lunchroom. Yeah. He was spontaneous about it. And we just kind of had to have fun with it sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, I had already shared with him my testimony and yeah. so forth. Yeah, yeah. So he knew where I was coming from as a Christian. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It wasn't a it wasn't an aggravated relationship. It's yeah. just a just kind of, kind of like, like subtle, like subtle, yeah, like yeah. I'm not on the same page and I'm gonna like just yeah, like kind of kid around with you. Rub me about mm-hmm. it and things. So here's what happened. Uh, this whole job thing ended and I went back to my other workplace. It was a couple months later. John stayed on that job. And all of a sudden, through the grapevine, we heard that somebody was killed in in an open storage area. Oh, my gosh. Turns out it was John. Wow. He was backing out of a truck with a big, heavy box, and he didn't have the ramp chained to the truck, and it flipped. It oh, my gosh. flipped the forklift off the ramp. Oh, wow. And the forklift actually landed on top of him. Oh, gosh. And crushed him. And he, he became the first accident-related death in the history of New Cumberland Army Depot. And wow. that depot has been there since World War One. Wow. Wow. And my immediate thought was, well, I, I don't, as far as I know, he never prayed mm. to receive the Lord. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's, you know, two different, yeah. there's one who became open because he was hurting. He received the word. Yep. It changed, hopefully it changed his life. Yeah. You know? And then the other one was opposition. Yeah. You know, and his life ended. He, had, he was a young man, had a, uh, a one or two children, just wow. newly married, you know, wow. and so forth. Man, so, and that's what a, I mean, what a, what a just a little, 
I mean, a crazy snapshot there of these yeah. two guys that both passed away within a relatively short period of time yeah. with each other, too. How often does that happen in our no, lives like that? But, like, I, I can imagine just how formative, too, that was for you and your own, like, yeah. the, the, own ur- the urgency and the passion side of this, yeah. where it's like, you know, I can't control people's response. I clearly want them to respond yeah. with openness to this. But I... Um, it actually, that's a great segue even setting up where we'll go next week with Acts 20, Mike. You didn't even know you were set to team me up real well for that. <laughs> but where Paul talks to the, uh, to the Ephesian the elders know. and is saying goodbye. And he's like, but I, you know, I've declared the whole counsel of God to mm, you. I'm, that's right. Or even as he said um, to the Jewish leaders in Acts 18, where he shakes the dust out of his mm. garments and he says, I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not that that ever is ultimately satisfying. Like there's, yeah. a, there's still a sense, even as I'm hearing oh, yeah. you say that, that, that the sense of loss and sorrow over John mm. and the fact that he wasn't yeah. open to, to responding. There, the, we, the innocence doesn't just kind of like make us go, yep, yeah, and I'm happy now. It's on, you know, but there, no. but there is a sense of, um, you know, what, what, what do we actually have control over? What do we actually mm-hmm. have responsibility mm-hmm. in, opportunity in? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and there is some kind of sense, even though there's sorrow in it, of, um, of relief, I think, that we get when we know, gosh, I, I, by the grace of God, I was still able to be faithful in that person's life. I so wish they responded differently. But mm-hmm. I do feel a comfort in the sovereignty of God more knowing that. I was I able to. I was able to to like step into that moment when, yeah. when it was there. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's. I, I appreciate you sharing that, Mike. I think that's a really, uh, man, poignant and and powerful yeah. Yeah. vignette there of like yeah, you exactly. know these two guys that were. I, yeah. just, I just thought of that just now as I was sitting there. I didn't think of it before I came in, but yeah. No, that's good. But yeah, both of those both of those uh, incidents. Yeah. Brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. And but. But with Danny, there was a joy, you know, there was that joy of knowing that God was working in his life. And yeah, the, the grieving but with the, hope. But then the grieving with, without hope for yeah. John, you yeah. know, like, wow. Yeah. Yep. But like you said, you, you do what you can. You, you have a, a satisfaction that you said what he wanted you to say. Yeah, you know? that's right. So, but great stuff. No, that's good, Mike. Yeah, that's so um there's lots there for for you guys to hook into with um with your Bible study groups this week. Would encourage you just to open up Acts 19 again and um see where, you know, where where that goes. Um there uh there's also, you know, we didn't get to talk much about it on the podcast today, but the whole idea of you know, what does it look like to be an, a non-threatening threat uh, as mm. a Christian? You know, we're non-threatening people in terms of our demeanor and our approach. Uh, Jesus himself, you know, invites us to come weak and weary, uh, sinful people that we are. But but ultimately is a is a huge threat to idolatry, a huge threat mm. to injustice. Mm. Um, so there's that. You can get into that if that's uh, mm. if that's helpful discussion this week, too. But yeah. Mike, thanks so much for for being yeah. with us on the podcast this week. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Always, uh, always a joy, man, just to talk and yeah. hear stories and that's right. compare notes. And too bad we only have a half hour. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, blessings to you all this yeah. week as you uh, meet in Bible study groups, and uh, we'll see you back uh, next week for another B Side podcast. Take care. Take care. Work blessed. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.